Praise the Lord, everyone. And Merry Christmas to everybody. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. It's already that time of year once again, Christmas time. We've been planning, been preparing for it, and seems like in January we know it we know it's coming. We probably don't we ain't thinking about it too much, but Seems like as soon as January, February's gone, it just, it just seems like the the months just start rolling by faster and faster, and then finally Thanksgiving shows up, and and then when Thanksgiving shows up, it's very much real how soon and fast Christmas will be here. And I think I mentioned uh, a week or two back how they said there was fewer shopping days in between Thanksgiving and Christmas this year, so it probably really felt faster coming up on this year, but. It is that time of year again, and we're so thankful for it. It's a blessed time for anybody who claims to be a Christian. A very blessed time for anyone who claims to be a Christian. And it's, a, and it's for uh, this time of year is not just for only Christians. It's for all. Jesus come into the world for all. Praise the name of the Lord. I thank Him for that. Hallelujah. And this morning, we're going to go to the book of Matthew. And uh, just a very uh, timely message uh, for the time. Book of Matthew, chapter 1, beginning in verse 18, and it was a matter of fact, part of our uh, scripture this morning in Sunday school. Talked about this this morning in Sunday school, so uh, these were the very scriptures this morning. So, praise the Lord. Matthew 1, beginning at verse 18, reads like this, "...is now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came Together she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which is translated, God with us. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this day and this time of fellowship that we have with each other. And we really thank you, Lord, that we are celebrating your birth, Lord Jesus, that you had come down from heaven, Lord, to be Emmanuel, to be God with us, Lord, and be the light of the world. We thank you so much for that, Lord. And as we now give the word, Lord, let me give it forth as you see fit, Lord. Use me as you direct, Lord. Don't let just my fleshly words come out, but let your word come out to your good people. And I give you praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the church say, Amen, Amen. amen. You can be seated. This morning, I want to talk to you a little bit on the subject, the day love came down. The day love came down. And uh, this struck a chord with me as uh, Michelle was getting um, some uh, ideas for the bulletin board. This actually was one of the, one of the ideas that, that she had contemplated and put up. Love came down. And we know that God is love. 
Scripture said God is love. So when we talk about the day love came down, it's exactly what we're saying. The day God came down to be with us, like we just read in our Scripture text, Emmanuel being God with us. And we've already talked about Christmas and it's uh, how it's already that time again and all the shopping is done or nearly done and uh, many uh, neatly wrapped presents are under the tree, if not will be shortly, you know. And, of course, if you have some gift wrapping like me, they might not be so neat and pretty. <laughs> uh, some of them are very difficult to wrap, and uh, they're not neatly done. But there sure is a lot of pretty paper and, and ribbons or even a song uh, about pretty paper and ribbons. But uh, it's just such a beautiful season, just all the colors and even the decorations. It's just so beautiful to have it in here and the stores uh, that you that you go around. You know, that is one time, that is this time of year when you see all that and you're shopping around. And maybe it's because uh, believing in Jesus and knowing the reason for the season. Maybe that's why you get so kind of you get a, just a joy and a happiness within you when you go and you see all the lights and, and it kind of uh, you think about you know soon it's going to be all taken down and and it, it won't we'll have to wait till next year for it to come around and so that to me that's when it kind of gets a little bit depressing because I'll enjoy the joyness of it the happiness of it I I don't want to see uh, you know the pretty stuff go away really but. But it is truly a beautiful time of year, and uh, it's a time of year where uh, the hearts of most people, not all people, but the hearts of most people kind of soften a little. <laughs> yeah, there's still a lot of people that stay like Scrooge and grumpy, but for most people, it's a time of year where your heart softens, and you know, uh, more people are willing to help the poor this time of year, which is a wonderful thing. It, uh, it's, um, a, it's also wonderful, and I'm so very glad and thankful that the last two, three years during this time since President Trump has been in office, there's been more people that will say Merry Christmas. And uh, probably because he's been, as president, he's been outspoken about that, that his administration will say Merry Christmas. He's bringing back Merry Christmas. And and I, I, I really love that about, about the president. I'm glad that he declares that. And it seems like you get more people willing to say that to you as you leave. You know, Merry Christmas, because without Christ, there is no Christmas. Without him, there would be no. So we don't need to leave it out and omit that. We need to be be uh, be glad to say that. Merry Christmas. He is the reason uh, for the season. And, of course, that goes without saying that because of some of these things, it makes the ones who want to leave Christ out of the holiday, it makes them so very mad when uh, when they hear these things. But like it or not, Christmas is and always has been and always will be a Christian holiday. Many have tried to water it down, remove uh, the word Christ from Christmas, or hinder the joyful celebration by even pro- prohibiting the nativity scenes that used to uh, always be in either your town square or at your courthouse, your local courthouse. So many places in public, a public setting, there'd be a nativity scene. But there, the, it's been under attack over uh, several years where there's been ones who just wanted to try to prohib- prohibit that and get all that removed. Moved. Uh, and, and it's just a fact that that's what's been going on. So you can say it, it is very true that the Christian people, the Christian faith, is what's under attack in America when these things transpire. They are the ones that's under attack. But thank God for those who stand up and support Christians and Christmas and for what it's truly all about. Thank the Lord for them all. Praise the Lord. God is good. All and all the time. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
going back to our opening text, when we read about what the, uh, pro- what the prophet was saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child. This is Isaiah uh, talking about the prophecy of Jesus to be born some 700 years before it actually transpired and took place. And so what is this fact about the virgin birth so important? What, why is it so important about Jesus being born from a virgin? But the Holy Spirit that can, that can see that child as the Holy Spirit hovered over her and can see that child, baby Jesus. It meant that the blood running through Jesus' veins was so pure and without sin because he was not created by man. It, he was totally free from sin. He was pure w- without spot or blemish. And let's look at Luke 1 and 35 where it talks about how this happened in the Holy Spirit. And the angel answered and said to her, talking to Mary, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. He could not be called the Son of God without this immaculate uh, conception that took place. She was a virgin that gave birth. I mean, she never had, like uh, we've talked about before, never had lay with the man, never had been with the man. She was still a virgin the day she gave birth. Glory, hallelujah, Woo! to Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Ooh, that, just, that just does something to you when you think about that and you know the power of it. Glory to the name of the Lord. We praise the holy name. Hallelujah. And ever since Adam sinned at that time, a process of passing the sinful bloodline had begun. When Adam sinned, it began that from generation to generation. And when Jesus was born by the immaculate conception there, he was the only one that was born without that sin in his blood. Amen? Do you follow me this morning? He was born without that sin in his blood. But why was this? Why was he, the, Jesus being the Son of God, why was this so important? is important because that sinful bloodline was still passed on even after Jesus was born. That, that sin was still in and being passed on. As we look back at Matthew 1 and 21 and what it says. And she will bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And that's exactly why Jesus being born a sin-free man without that sin in his blood was so important because we, the rest of the had sin that we had that needed to be accounted for and taken care of. And he was a reason for that. There needed to be a way to be reconciled back to God and saved from the wages of sin, which is death. In Hebrews it says that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. So blood had to be shed. There had to be a perfect blood shed, which was Jesus, for the remission of that sin. And Jesus was that perfect blood. And it was His blood shed for all people. Remember what John the Baptist said when he saw Jesus coming? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He didn't say, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of just the Jews or just the Gentiles or just this group over here in Mesopotamia or just this group over here in Greece at the time. 
He took away the sin of the world. That was a a prophetic saying right then and there by John the Baptist that Jesus was going to be the one who took care of all the sin of all mankind that was ever ever happened after him from that point on. Glory to the name of the Lord. He was that perfect lamb that didn't have a blemish. It could be the sacrifice that needed to be for our sins. Aren't you thankful for that today? Glory to the name of the Lord. It matters today which God you serve. It matters today who you call God, what you call His name. Because there is only one God. There is only one God that can save. Only one God that can heal. There's only one God that can free you from addiction. There's only one God that is alive and reigning today. And His name is Jesus. Glory to the name of the Lord. It matters who we call God and who our Savior is. Last week, uh, President Trump signed an executive order combating anti-Semitism. And I heard this on uh, XM Satellite Radio as uh, while I was at work. And uh, he gave this executive order uh, to help combat, uh, go against this anti-Semitism that, that's still going on. And apparently it's uh, uh, pretty bad at some colleges uh, and all. But there was a young man that got up to speak and make, a, and make a speech. And toward the end of his speech, he said something that I've heard before from, other, uh, from others. And, uh, you know, it stuck with me. And he made the statement about whichever God that you worship. And I've heard that before. The others say, whichever God you worship. See, we live in a society today, and a lot of people want to say, well, you know, we, we worship God, but they don't want to say what the one true God is or what the one true God you should be worshiping or what His name is. They just want to kind of leave it vague and kind of, you know, just whatever you deem that the one, one God is. But that's not the way that it should be. It reminded me when Apostle Paul spoke in Athens as he said that he was walking through and seeing all the statues of the gods that they had worshipped and saw that there was an altar to an unknown God. This is kind of what my mind went to when, uh, when I heard this and, and, you know, and thought about it before. Then Apostle Paul began to speak about Jesus because he said he saw that altar of the, with the inscription of the unknown God. Because it's that important. It's not about all these other gods that there are in the, in the generations and centuries past that different ones have worshipped, a sun god, a moon god, a, a, a fertility god, all these other gods. Even in our time, in our, in our generation today, anything that we put in front of a god, that is a god to us. It can be work. It can, it can be... Uh, uh, any other thing but that we put in place of Jesus, that can be a God to us. But it's true today that as Christians, we are being pressed upon to be inclusive to everybody's views and beliefs. Holding back what the Word says just so that someone won't be made to feel uncomfortable. Because the last thing we want to do in America with all of our sensitivity training and you can't hurt nobody's feelings and you can't step on none of anybody's back, you got to leave it vague and not mention this and that. No, I'm sorry. If it hurts your feelings, if you don't like it, if you're gonna if you're gonna censor me or whatever it's gonna be, but Jesus is the one true God. He is the only way to salvation. Glory to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 
Glory to the name of the Lord. That's what this is where we come so many times where they want to try to omit saying the name of Jesus in a prayer, in a public prayer. You see, you hear it and see it all the time when there's uh, commencement ceremonies from high schools or colleges. You'll have the, the school valley victorian wanting to say a, a prayer and they get told, well, you can't mention Jesus. You can't mention in the name of Jesus. If you can say a prayer, you just better not mention his name. They're trying to keep you uh, hushed up about the name of Jesus. Why are they so afraid of the one true living God? Why do they not want it proclaimed and put out there? So many people's lives could be made so much different if it wasn't just uh, held back on proclaiming the name of Jesus that would take care and, and cure all of what's going on in everybody's lives. Glory to the name of the Lord. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. There was a reason why Jesus being that perfect lamb that was a sacrificial lamb that had no sin while he was born in, in the manger. Praise the name of the Lord. He is the one real God, and it's not Allah. It is not Allah. Jesus is the God. And I, I want to take you to Isaiah and give you uh, some, uh, some, uh, some of Bible, biblical Bible on why apostolics believe the way they do. On, uh, on believing in the one God. And it's right here in Isaiah 43, and we're going to read 10 and 11. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, if you will, I know we can't, we're in the New Testament, but we're now in, uh, we've gone back to the Old Testament. And uh, uh, Brother Bobby mentioned something this morning in Sunday school that uh, kind of sparked uh, my thinking there a little bit. And he had said that when he reads Scripture, he tries to put himself in that place and situation where that Scripture is being read. So if you kind of put yourself in a place of the Old Testament right now and reading this Scripture, kind of forget about, uh, for, for the moment, just Jesus in the New Testament. Because this was 700 years before, okay? Jesus was not around. So if you kind of forget about that, put yourself in this place where we're talking about the one true God. Praise the name of the Lord. You are my witnesses, says the Lord. This is God get to, speaking to the prophet Isaiah. You are my witnesses, said the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me. And understand that I am He. Before me there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. Whoo! Glory to the name of the Lord. There will be no God. There was no God before Him, and there will be none after Him. And eleven reads, "I, I, even I am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior." That lets us know there's one God. There's one Savior, and it's not Allah. Ever since back in Isaiah's time, God is the Savior. He was a Savior for His people. And now if I can quickly uh, put you back into the New Testament and we, uh, where we pull Jesus back into the picture, we'll go to John in chapter 10, beginning at verse 30. We're going to find out that the God of the Old Testament and Jesus of the New Testament are one. Praise the name of the Lord. They are one, beginning at verse 30. Glory to the name of the Lord. I, Jesus says here, I and my Father are one. And the Jews took up stones again to stone him. This upset the Jews so much, so much, they did not want to believe this. Jesus answered to them, Many good works have I shown you from my Father. For which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we do not stone you, 
but for blasphemy, and because you being a man, see, we're talking about Jesus the man, make yourself God. They wanted to stone Jesus because he made himself God. And they're saying, they, he, you can't make yourself God. You're not God. But Jesus was God in the flesh. Emmanuel, God with us when he, when he was born in that manger. That little baby in the manger was God with us. It was Emmanuel, like it was prophesied. Glory to the name of the Lord. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said you are gods? If he called them gods to whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, do you say of him who the Father sanctified and sent into the world, you are blaspheming? Because I said I am the Son of God, if I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. But if I do, though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. That's a revelation that if you have uh, accepted and has been brought to light in your eyes, you are so blessed today. There's a lot of people who they don't believe that or they quite frankly don't accept it. But it is very much truth right there. Jesus said, I and my Father are one. Just like 700 years before when a prophet Isaiah, when God spoke to Isaiah, God said, I am He. Praise the name of the Lord. And Jesus and God of the Old Testament are the one. They are one. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. This is why He's called Emmanuel. Glory to the name of the Lord. Now, Jesus being born, Emmanuel, God with us, and him being that perfect sacrificial sacrifice, that is what we needed for our salvation. That sin had to be atoned for. And we're going to go to Romans chapter 5, beginning at verse 9, to, to understand why that this was so important. We talked about earlier about ever since Adam had sinned, that that began a process of passing down a sinful bloodline uh, from that point on. Glory to the name of the Lord. Beginning at chapter 5 and verse 9 in Romans, much more than having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. Being justified by the blood of Jesus. Glory to the name of Because His blood was so pure and without blemish, and it, was, it, was, it had no sin in it, it was only His blood that can justify us. Glory to the name of the Lord. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. When He was, died, when he was hung on a cross and He died uh, for our sins, that become our reconciliation. His perfect atonement for our sins is how we have the salvation that we get today when we accept Him and believe on Him. Glory to the name of the Lord. Verse 11, And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have re received the reconciliation. Praise the name of the Lord. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam until Moses. Now, this, this is putting it like this because from Adam until Moses, there was no law. You remember uh, Moses came down with the law from God. 
even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. And it's referring to Jesus, who we refer to as the second Adam. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of of God and the gift by which the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, for judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who received abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Christ Jesus. Thank the Lord. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Glory to the name of the Lord. In the last verse, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Pastor, you can be coming back up and get a song ready. Church, I want to leave you this this morning, just kind of uh, put it into my words here, uh, what we just read. Adam sinned and uh, caused all the rest of mankind to sin as a result thereafter, generation after generation. But when Jesus Christ was born in that manger, and that was Emmanuel, God with us, because He was the only one that had that perfect blood that He, when He sacrificed and died on the cross for all of mankind's sin, from, a, from that time that He gave His life all the way up until now, and all the way up until He decides to come again. We do not know when Jesus is going to return. But because of all the the prophecies in in this good book that uh, has been proven over and over again, I know it to be a fact that Jesus will return one day. And I am so thankful that I realize that and I know that and uh, have learned that. And I'm thankful that one day love came down from heaven. That God loved us so much that He sent His Son down here to earth to to be a living man. But and He loved His Son so much, but He loved us so much more that He was willing to watch His Son die on a cross to be that perfect sacrifice so that we all could one day reign in heaven with them and be in heaven and part of glory. And I'm so thankful for that today. And I, there's so many saints who have already uh, went to sleep in the Lord and I'm looking forward to one day to seeing them all again and rejoicing with them. And, and more than that, I'm looking forward to one day looking upon Jesus and just praising His holy name and giving Him glory that it was due that, I, that He came down from for love, for my sake, that I could uh, ask for forgiveness of my sin and, and one day be in heaven with Him. I thank Him for that. Glory to the name of the Lord. God bless you today.